You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. Billy Joel, The Stranger. On the line, I have Rob. Oh, yeah. Ben. And John. Oh, hi. (laughs) The Stranger is the fifth studio album by American singer Billy Joel, released on September 1977 by Columbia Records. The producer was Phil Ramone, and the genre is rock and pop. And I'm going to read from the book Claire Stotchberry. The Stranger was the third album from the 28-year-old Billy Joel, who had begun making a living from his music, having played in piano bars throughout high school and in New York to supplement the income of his single mother. Whilst he had already achieved headline status with 1974's Street Life Serenade, The Stranger was Joel's first album to hit number one on the charts and remained Columbia's record's biggest selling album until 1985. It also prompted his biggest tour yet, playing 54 shows in the United States and Europe in the fall of 1977. The nine-track-long album produced four singles, Just The Way You Are, that provided his first two Grammy Awards in 1979, Moving Out, Anthony's Song, with its teenage rebellion message and car sounds included, The Gentler She's Always a Woman, and the infectious Only the Good Die Young. While the lyrics are poetic and clever, the album has a youthful appeal and Joel's gift for storytelling is particularly poignant on the astonishing scenes from an Italian restaurant. Musically diverse, Joel's dynamic songwriting furthered the dramatization in the title track's quiet piano introduction before rocking out in the middle section, incorporating a barrage of electric guitars, concluding with a haunting sound of whistling. An amazing 24 people played various parts on the recording. The album is reasonably warm in tone, but slightly eerie in its execution, further exemplified by the stark black and white image of a barefoot suit and tie wearing Joel sitting on a bed, looking at a mask with boxing gloves hanging in the background. All right. What do we think of Billy Joel, the stranger? I, I think love this album. I think we're Man. fully on the fucking yacht now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. we are. We uh-huh. are on the goddamn yeah. yacht. This is and some delicious soft serve. <laughs> oh, but man. what a what a tasty gangplank onto this yacht. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking the, good. The, there is nothing ironic or backhanded about my love for this record. <laughs> nope. I was gonna say it took me a really long time to warm up to what would be considered yacht rock or light rock because this album when you hear a song like just the way you are 
you're like, oh my gosh, this is some soft rock. This is some <laughs> some very, very soft rock. It sounds like adult contemporary, but then you go back to moving out, Anthony's song, and everybody has a dream. And scenes from an Italian restaurant. I mean, these are catchy, pop-oriented, well-crafted songs from a master who's been doing this for years in a in dive bars, you know? Yeah. Ripe old age of 28. (laughs) It's his his fifth studio album. This is the sound of an album that a dude said no to George Martin for producing because he wanted to (laughs) play with the band he had been touring with. And God damn, he's right. He's fucking right. Like, you hear that George Martin gave him a call after it came out? Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, uh, So, George, he he want George Martin was his first choose, choice for production on this. George Martin was insisting on studio guns, and that was a deal breaker for Billy Joel. So he went to Phil Ramone and recorded this. He still used studio guns, but the the backbone of this band is is his his recently formed touring band. After it came out, and it's a you know it's a smash. Uh, George Martin uh, reached out to congratulate him and also admit him being wrong about the band that. Oh yeah, yeah. We should. I should have been okay with using this band. In, in, in George Martin's defense, you know, yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you use studio guns? And the the issue being that Billy Joel's entire like career up until this point was using studio dudes to like sometimes okay effect, but you know he was about to get dropped by Columbia because the last record didn't sell shit. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, better to you know better to play with the people that you think can do the thing. At this and, point in his career, he'd finally found that this group of gents that he he felt like really vibed with him. You know, like, uh-huh. he'd been touring with them. Like it's like he's been searching for the right group of guys. He feels like he's finally with them, and damned if they're not going to be on the record. You know. Yeah, I thought it was surprising to hear that he was about to get dropped by the label. It was the same story with Bruce Springsteen. It, yeah, you know, this this is this is born to run all over again, and and honestly, like it kind of feels feels very similar. I mean, shit, the uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant could easily have been like a uh, like like a track on Born to Run. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because so scenes from an Italian restaurant, like that song suite, is like I've heard it compared to Jungle Land, which is also a, a song suite. Nothing against Jungle Land. I really, I, I love the boss, and I think Born to Run's a great album. I think that scenes from an Italian restaurant is a better song than Jungle Land. I agree, and uh, and that's that's uh, I'm gonna plant my flag on that hill. Well, because Billy Joel's lyricism is kind of grounded in reality. You know, not that Springsteen's isn't, but Springsteen will take a poetic turn more so than Joel. Joel's just me like I'm talking about drinking wine and reminiscing with my buddy and talking about. This uh, guy and girl that we know from high school who got married and then broke up and got a divorce. Like oh, John, well, why, like, why, why didn't you wrap your legs around these velvet rims and clap <laughs> your hands across my engines, bud? Oh, oh, I will, buddy. But I will also have a bottle of red and a bottle of white. So, scenes from <laughs> and, Italian and restaurant a is into a house. <laughs> it, oh wow, that, you tied together so many different Billy Joel references, and I appreciate it. Uh, Scenes from an Italian restaurant. It's like how, how many songs is it? Is it three or four? Like distinctly different. I believe it's three. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, each one of those three songs is a hit. 
like it gets stuck in my head, like from from the bottle of red, bottle of white part, to the uh, the Brenda and Eddie part, to uh, I, I, and off the top of my head, I'm listening to just the way you are in my cans right now, so I forget the other part. Each third of that song gets stuck in my head more than any of Jungle Land does. No, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think it, it might be the strongest song on the record, personal opinion. Uh, it's real weird that it doesn't, uh, it never shows up on any of his best ofs, but it has been a concert staple ever since like he wrote it. He never released it as a single, which is why yeah, it might bad. not be on uh, best yeah. ofs. There you go. That but was though, the key. Though, though, you know, you, need, you might need to be a single to be on greatest hits because the word hit is there. But I don't think you need to be in a single to be included in a best of because that's I just could, best I, of. I believe I misspoke. Oh, okay. Uh, seems from, I got one other thing to say about scenes uh, from an Italian restaurant. Uh, and once I read this, I absolutely hear it. He was inspired by side two of Abbey Road. Yeah. Where there's like that, that all those different song vignettes that just lead right into one another for the whole side. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's derivative. Uh, I think he was inspired by that, and, and I I see that. I love his treatment of that song. Uh, I I think it's one of the strongest ones on the album. What can you say about this album? It's so crazy. You can say crucial cool. saxophone is crucial what you can say. sax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably inspired a lot of people to to play that soft <laughs> sax. Birch, what so was soft. Birch on moving out the uh, the guitar lead on the bridge? Did you pay much attention to that? Not recall. Would you mind skip? Would you mind skip it back? It's yeah. so fucking epic. Like, and it, it. I don't even think the guy. I, I think he was just like a studio hound. Like, I don't. No idea yeah. who he is. He or, uh, uh, BJ didn't have a regular Git player at this point. How good is the on a uh, moving out? Are the uh, ak- 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 so <laughs> I love catchy. it, dude. <laughs> throw, throw me a vocal gimmick, man. I'm into it. I love stuttering in songs. I think we we mentioned before uh, in one Bachman of the Turner Overdrive. <laughs> yeah, dude. We have. Yeah, baby. There was I I I I took rock and roll history classes when I was at IU, and we spent an entire day of one of the classes, and I think it was just the professor Andy Hollanden's theory that if you stutter in a song, it'll be a hit. And he just went through like song after song, like uh, uh, my generation, uh, uh, baby, bad to the bone, heart attack, just all these songs of stutters in them. He's like, if if you're writing a song, you think it might be a hit, but you want to definitely ensure it's a hit. <laughs> throw some stutters in there, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's catchy. I mean, people love yeah. singing that. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a vocal tick. It's something that like, you know. Can get you, can get can be more interesting than just saying the word. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's like DOS effects that takes it to the nth degree where they biggity bum riggity rush chiggity chumps, and I think it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I like that they're trying. You know, yeah. Don't change the color of your hair mm-hmm. You always have my unspoken passion Although I might not seem 
just just the way you are. Knowing what I like and dislike in popular music, everything about the song Just the Way You Are would lead me to believe that I would hate the song Just the Way You Are. It's so gloppy. It, we've we mentioned the crucial saxophone, but it, it is gratuitous saxophone, just gl- gloppy, sloppy, sugary, sweet love ballad. But I love that song unconditionally. And I think part of why I love it so much, it's just it's just so unabashedly sincere in its gloppiness. It knows exactly what it is. There is no tongue in its cheek. You know, and Billy Joel almost didn't want to include it on the lineup for the album because he didn't think it fit the the rest of the material. It kind of sticks out a bit on the album, but not really. I mean, because you got she's always a woman on side two, which is kind of the counterpoint. Also, also yeah, I love both about the same lady. Billy Joel can can deal some palatable glop. At least at this point. I mean, I, I at least at this point, I, I, I like I, River of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go walking in the in the middle of the. <laughs> I, I I like this. I like this record. I like the following record, and I like the following record. I like fifty. I think Fifty Second Street is a fucking like masterpiece. Uh, doesn't get quite the accolades that this one does, and. Like I'm, I'm a glass houses man because I fucking grew up in the '80s. You, you, you couldn't fucking like get away from uh, Uptown Girl on the radio, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Like I, that the whole record, I fuck, I celebrate the whole goddamn record. <laughs> um, but I, I know for a fact, like I, I looked it up. Like that, this is the only Billy Joel that we're gonna be getting. But like, yeah. he had a, he had such a fucking like good run. Um, like if just like, I don't know. It, it's weird the piano singer songwriter like we've uh you know we we had our little wretched we had our uh you know, jerry lee lewis got our uh elton john i'm sure we're, uh, are we getting anything aside from we already did yellow book road i don't know if we're getting another one of we his. will probably get captain fantastic all right um that, that was the one you know it, it, wait no no it's already happened because that was the one that the existing debut of number one when Stevie Wonder became like the third number one debut. The existing yeah. ones were Elton John, so they would have already happened. So yeah, this, this is like one one of those dudes, like those piano dudes, like that are just like really good, like songwriting people. And Pan, I don't piano men. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the piano man. Yeah, um, and I don't know if there's anybody in the eighties, that's going to be coming up that like serves this purpose. I don't know if we're going to get another one of these. Oh no, we're going to get, we're going to get meatloaf, but he's not actually playing the piano. No, but it it is very piano inspired in his take. Meatloaf's take is, you know, kind of a goof on what Billy Joel was doing and what the boss was doing. So he's, he's hamming it up to the full extent, but also it's like, it's more rock oriented. It's not this. It's full Rundgren too, which yeah, I'm, I, I'm super oh yeah. excited about. I think you're, <laughs> you make a good point is that this is a transition from the folk scene of the singer songwriter. Now the seventies provides uh, a way to be the jazzy piano uh, singer songwriter, which w- uh, including Tom Waits, you know, who we yeah. covered. So there's a lot of people within this era that this was, you know, is very popular to be this style of music. And then once we get to the eighties, I think, you know what happens 
we get electronic music we get pop electronic so it's yeah we get the we get the pointer sisters which we will not be covering <laughs> really we're not uh, getting oh yeah, any we're, pointer sisters I think not i don't i we, if if we if we get breakout i will fucking eat my hat man <laughs> <laughs> there's no way there's no way this book is cool enough to have that shit or, or lame enough to have that uh, honestly i, I just don't I think guess that if we're, we're not make... getting whitney houston we can't really hope for any pointer sisters yeah, huh? that's true that, that record's so fucking good um, um but i yeah again i i don't think that we're going to be getting uh, i i'm probably not until ben folds uh for another like uh singer songwriter piano like virtuoso I, I i think this might be the end of it up until then uh, i mean me I think, john you brought up to- tori amos i, I think you're yeah I think you're you, think, forgetting, you think we're gonna get tori amos in there yes i think you are forgetting someone who will come up that uh was uh billy joel's favorite piano player do you know harry connick jr no <laughs> steve winwood joel says oh. that winwood plays all the right notes the same way Clapton does it on guitar. Oh, oh that's not really a glowing endorsement, though. That's not glowing endorsement at all. <laughs> He's not oh, wrong, no. though. It is the a Clapton of piano. <laughs> it is a fair comparison. They play all the right notes. Uh, yeah. 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 We, we, we are going to get our notes. EC we're we're just getting our of a diver. <laughs> so yeah you, no okay all right all right well i'll i'll i'll, I'll step i'll step down from this low horse that i'm yeah <laughs> i'm hanging out on here <laughs> i don't think I, I think we'll get more people than you than you expect uh in the in terms of the sort of jazz uh meets folk meets piano player um randy newman-esque person but i will admit that in the 70s i mean this is this is the style this is it yeah, man, this this album, it's just really good. I could listen to this album once a day. I've got 24 hours in the day. I've got I can spare half an hour for this album once a day. I don't think it would ever hit my ears wrong. It's one of those things like it's it doesn't really challenge my musical tastes. And like sometimes I definitely want to be challenged and I want boundaries to be pushed and I want music to be some kind of like artistic statement but the songs on this record they just they they just fall right into the gravy of my ears you know like they <laughs> ah the ear pudding <laughs> the ear pudding they 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 just they they go down smooth like a miller high life after mowing the lawn yeah you know like a nice warm porch hoosier beer yeah like a half pint of melted ice cream <laughs> <laughs> No, those are those are things that are less than ideal. I don't know, man. Okay, so I, I guess well, Auntie and comparing to comparing to beers, you know, so, sometimes you 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 want a craft brew or you want something bitter yeah. or you want something. But this Who is, is Billy like, Joel. What what type of drink is fucking, Billy Joel? Man, he is living the high life, man. This is, this is a no. This is like a mango white claw. <laughs> it's, it's no, good. This, this album is classic and crowd pleasing. This is. This might even be Bud Light. Well, be a there might be a Bud Light or yeah, Bud Light or yeah. It's just classic, crowd pleasing. It's it, got it, drinkability. <laughs> it's it, this this album has such drinkability. There is this album is a skinny pirate man. This is, is tab and rum. <laughs> it's like this album. It just it just hits the ears in such a friendly way that if someone's gonna hate on it, I would just by default think that they're being a contrarian or just think that they're being like a difficult elitist. It's like, 
I agree what, with that. What's there oh, to hate? This is pop yeah, gold. It's solid good. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you know who did hate is a lot of the critics at the time. Yeah. Bill, like yeah, they, well, that's their that's their job. They what panned they him. I think it was a lot because he was young. I mean, you, you always get this mystique or this sort of uh, always have something to prove. Or twenty eight, con- man. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm <laughs> he, saying. He was is, old by contemporary standards. Like he he had, had a career. Yeah, that is true. Just, this is like uh, so. I'm I'm assuming that the first major splash he made was probably the the track Piano Man, right? Which was yes, two, yes. two albums before this, because the follow up to Piano Man was the one that sold disappointingly, and that was what put him on the chopping block. Yeah, turnstiles, I think. Yeah, I'm a, like, I, I don't know. It, it maybe maybe it's one of those things because I wasn't alive when Piano Man came out. Maybe it's one of those things where like I grew up always knowing that song. Was it as huge a hit con- and, and con- to a contemporary crowd as as we see that song as now? Uh. It was a hit. It definitely was a hit, but it was not. I mean, no uptown girl. This this album what is no man. Yeah. Aside from most four season songs, I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> this is the album that that did it, that put yeah, him that- over the top into a household name. Man, who can blame him? And we haven't even talked about Only the Good Die Young yet. Oh, that's my favorite story, though. That that single didn't sell for shit until the Christians and the Catholics were like, ban this song! And then (laughs) the single turned into a hit because of the fucking Streisand effect. Yeah. It's perfect. Birch, have we ever explained that? We've used the term a couple of times already. Streisand effect? Streisand, who in 2003 sued photographer Kenneth Oldman of Pictopia.com for violation of privacy. Uh, the total lawsuit was $50 million uh, in, an effort, in an effort to remove an aerial photograph of Streisand's mansion from the publicly available collection of 1,200 California coastline photographs. Those photographs were taken for beachfront property to document coastal erosion as part of California's Coastal Records Project, which was intended to influence government policymakers. Before Streisand filed their lawsuit, though, Image 3850 had been downloaded from Aldman's website only six times. Probably by two of those downloads, right? <laughs> two, exactly. And two of those downloads from, from, from Streisand's attorneys. As a result of the case, though, public knowledge of the picture increased dramatically. More than 420,000 people <laughs> visited the site over the following month. And the lawsuit was dismissed and Streisand was ordered to pay Aldman's legal fees, which amounted to $155,567. For anyone who doesn't know this, the concept of the Streisand effect is if you try to ban something, it's just going to explode. And it's oftentimes specific to the Internet, but that it goes across all of the uh, all facets. Like the, the second that you try to take something away, it just ends up being much a much bigger deal and a much bigger problem. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the it's the sacred cow. It's the the forbidden fruit. If you can't have something, then you want it all the, all the much more. Yeah, it went to that song went to uh, number twenty four on the U.S. singles chart. Come out, Virginia, don't any wait. If you Catholic girls start much too late. All the sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well will be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray.
know what the uh, what only the good die young's secret shame is? Wasn't it a reggae song? <laughs> that is that is absolutely right. Do you know who he was uh, developing the song while he was playing for in front of? Was it the John Stamos project, the Beach Boys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think they popular finally, John Stamos uh, vehicle. Like, yeah, they didn't have the uh, the Grimlock head that was Stamos yet. He didn't but, have two uh, tambourines in his hand yet. <laughs> but I was, can hear this song as a reggae song. Yeah, I yeah. can hear it as a Paul Simon song. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, oh, like, like me and Julio. Song. But can you imagine good old BJ doing uh, this in patois? Which apparently he was attempting. I would oh, prefer no. not to imagine. I'd rather, yeah, I'd exactly. Not. So no, he took some he took some solid editorial uh, constructive criticism and fixed it up because it sounds great the way it is. I like it. Yeah, it was. It's, it's a great song. I think it was Phil Ramone's uh, the producer's recommendation that he Billy plays the song straight and uh, the the drummer Liberty Devito, real name, uh, <laughs> it plays plays it with a shuffle feel and. Uh, I think that it's a it's an interesting effect, and I think it it, it works. Like the song just struts, you know. Go I ahead. wonder what it's like to have a producer who just <laughs> makes your stuff sound good <laughs> with with their better ideas than yours. <laughs> I wish I had one of those sometimes. Uh, yeah. Uh, the drummer uh, did talk about how uh, Billy Joel makes his uh, makes his songs. I thought it was pretty interesting. He says that he comes in. They run over the songs. Uh, they'll, he'll have two or three songs that they go over and then he plays out the ideas. The band plays along, uh, just trying to flesh it out. He goes back home. He completes the song and he, they come back in the next day. He records it. That's awesome. Wow. I love so that. It is That's a really cool. It is a bit of a um, you come in. He, he gets a feel for what it would be like with the full band in the studio, which I, I think a lot of people do, but it makes a lot of sense for his uh his songwriting for what he's, what he's doing within this. It's cool that he, he reveres and respects the musicality of his band enough that like he doesn't just show up and be like, all right, this is the song. Like he, he's got the idea and then he lets it, he lets it evolve into something in that day with the band, you know, and then he has like another evening of reflection and it comes back. I, I think that's a, a really cool way to do it. Definitely. Yeah. Just to, yeah. to give it that that freedom to breathe, to evolve, for people to bounce some ideas off of it for a day. Yeah. Uh, the album also won two awards for the 1978 Grammys uh, Record of the Year, which, as we would call it, Single of the Year uh, for Just the Way You Are. Um, and uh, it remains, yeah, I think I mentioned before, best-selling non-compilation album to date uh, surpassed and surpassed Bridge Over the Troubled Water to become Columbia's best-selling album release. More than 10 million units sold worldwide. 10 wow. Diamond! Diamond! Yep. 10 diamonds. 10 well, of them. Is, is platinum wait, a million? Or is wait, is, oh, no, platinum's a million. So, yeah, 10 I guess, million is diamond. 10 million yeah. is diamond. And then 30 million is latinum. <laughs> Bars and of latinum. 50 million <laughs> is cheddar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, do I need to go around uh, the the room, or I think everybody's just on the positive? I, I can't imagine that. Uh, we're didn't gonna get any better. used bin, yeah. like in any place. Fucking pick the goddamn thing up. There's ten million of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And 
yeah, we're, we're worth all the time. I'm I'm yes. glad that we got this one in the book. I'm sad that we don't have some other ones coming up. But I mean, God, you, you, you just can't fuck with this record. Yeah, yeah. you got to you got to have. If you had to pick one Billy Joel album, this would be the one to pick. It would be. I mean, I'd pick Glass Houses, but I'm I'm a contrarian, so. Yeah. And yeah, like if you're prone to wearing the hipster hat, just hang up your hipster hat for a minute. And just mm-hmm. let yourself enjoy some just really good Billy Joel music. <laughs> Put on your captain's hat and your yes, boat yes. Shoes. Get, get, <laughs> get on your thirty foot scooter. Yeah, get on the boat. Named five day weekend. <laughs> get on spin, your raft, honestly. Just, just, just be, be on the water. Listen to the stranger. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Pour your pour yourself a crisp white wine. <laughs> nice spritzer, white or red, doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you're in the mood for. That's right. right. Uh, I have on this album, I have stars next to every single song except track nine, and I don't dislike track nine. But the course of track nine, uh, which which is everybody has a dream, the chorus of it just sounds like an Eagles song to me. Mm. Mm. I could see that. Yeah, and it's- and that's why it doesn't have a star by it. <laughs> but, Eight out of nine songs on this album have stars from me. Uh, if 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 that means anything, I I, I love it. I don't know what Birch is doing, but it looks yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. Is he petting I'm, a kitty up there? I'm looking at, at the the list here. Oh, oh do we oh, have uh, the scratch off? Do we have a William oh. Joel up there for the the strangler? Cold beer, <laughs> hot <strangler>. lights, <laughs> my sweet romantic teenage <laughs> nights. <laughs> When you're hiding in the bushes and the rope is in your hand. <laughs> is that song about schizophrenia? <laughs> it might be. What do you have up there? You know what's on is this? Is it Glass Houses? Is it, is it, it Glass Houses? Glass Houses is on this scratching oh, poster. No! Oh! Vindication! Uh, so 100, 100 albums uh, poster here has Glass Houses but does not have The Stranger. Hey, man. I... I'm more into what that hundred <laughs> records poster <laughs> is talking about than what this book's talking about. Rob's so. going to start his own podcast. <laughs> so Glass House is... hundred scratch-off albums. <laughs> it's, got, it's got You May Be Right, I May Be Crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got Still Rock and Roll to Me. Uh-huh. I don't see Uptown Girl here, Rob. Oh, it's there. It's there. On Glass House. I've got you might be right. Sometimes a fantasy. Don't ask me why. Is it's still rock and roll to me? All for Lena. I don't want to be alone. Sleeping with the television on. Set a toi. Close to the borderline right, no, and through the long these. night. All right. This does have the Ramones, the Ramones on the scratch off poster. So I'm going to scratch it off. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Ramones, Ramones. <laughs> Shit. Is that something you're really not on this? Am I that liar? Oh, no! <laughs> it's okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Bob Marley and the Whalers, Exodus. Thanks, y'all.
or Italian red.